Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original languages as a guide. We are reading from the New King James Version Bible because it's one of the closest translations. The NASB, the New American Standard Bible, is probably the literal closest, but there's a lot of things in the New King James Version that I really like how it reads. And so we're going to use the New King James Version Bible. If you don't have it, remember you can find it online for free at Blue Letter Bible or Bible Hub. You can get the apps or put it on your computer, whatever you need to do. I have it on my computer right now. I also always have the apps on my phone, so I have the Bible wherever I go. And without any further ado, I pray, Father God, please guide us and lead us and only speak his truth to us and help us to better understand him through understanding his word. So we are in Exodus chapter 22 today, and without any further ado, Let's begin. And I apologize already. I'm going to be clearing my throat and sniffing because it's harvest season and allergies are a real thing. <laughs> okay, verse tw- chapter 22, verse 1. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Now, obviously, relate this to modern day a little bit too. If it's anything you steal, you have to restore it and make it right. Like, stop stealing, people. You didn't work for it. You didn't get it. Come on. Like, don't take somebody else's. If the thief is found breaking in and he is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. Did you hear that, people? If you break into a house and you're stealing and they kill you because they don't know what's going on, you break into their house, they're going to defend themselves. You're going to die and they're not guilty for killing you. America, please listen up. (laughs) If this, this is however, if the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. So that means if it's in broad daylight and you see what's happening and it's not like he's armed, you can tell what's happening. It's a different thing if you can't tell. Like I honestly believe like daylight just kind of, I think here symbolizes, yes, it's daylight, but you, it's like that you can see what's happening. He's breaking in. Maybe there's no arm armory on him. Maybe he has no gun or anything like that because there are times, for example, little kids have stolen things. You don't, you don't get to be excused for killing them. If you see that they're just taking a couple pennies from your counter, you can't just kill that person. It had to have been kind of a surprise, unexpected skirmish. But if you see that they're not armed and they're not trying to hurt you, then you can't just kill them. (laughs) Um, If the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. He should make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. Okay. So it means He still has to make it right. He has to make restitution. Like whatever he stole, he has to pay back. But if he doesn't have anything, any money, then you're supposed to sell him. I'm going to go further. And there's another verse in the Torah here that talks about this. Remember the heart of Torah. It says to basically be merciful, like when they're stealing because they have no food. Like God gets it, right? This is wrong what they're doing. At the same point, remember why he's stealing. He's hungry. Help him out. And so remember, all things are lawful for me, not all things are beneficial. And Paul specifically uses it in the regards of taking people to court. And I would say this. Please be merciful. And if a person is stealing from you, first of all, you shouldn't steal. Ask. So I always tell my employees, ask. I'll give you anything, but you don't know if I had plans for that. Like I might have food in the fridge that I'm doing a catering event for or something like that. And you have no idea. Do not just steal from me. I will give you, you will not go without. And my employees could tell you that they never had to go without. I mean, I probably gave thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to my employees. 
right? In food and whatever and in money. You don't have to go without, but don't take. And that's what the Bible's telling this, like the thief. If you're, if you're without, okay, first of all, Israel, you people of believers, be merciful to them. Help them out so they don't have to steal. If they do steal, get to the heart of what it is and help them overcome this. And yes, they still have to make it right. Like sell them for their thievery, right? Or if you had God's heart, yes, maybe sell them, but also do it with the spirit of mercy, if that makes sense. Um, like, yes, let him work it off or sell him um, to work for somebody, so to speak, as a servant. Give him a job, but help him, help him, if that makes sense. And then if you're a thief, ask, ask, ask. Okay, verse four. If the theft of certain is certainly found alive in his hand, whether it's an ox or donkey or sheep, he shall be stored double. So... Not many people are going to do that nowadays, but they could. And especially with times coming, they might. So they have to restore double. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be grazed and lets loose his animal and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. This is where Wyoming is sinning because if my animal gets out and eats my neighbor's pasture, I have to pay for that. If my animal gets out, my neighbor's, for example, has happened. The neighbor's cows get out. They all my um, onion field one year I had an entire field of onions <laughs> they were supposed to make that right they broke down my fence they gr- ate a lot of my garden this is like 10 years ago this happened right that they needed to pay for that um, and if if my animals did the same like and in, in, in ate somebody's vineyard or something I have to pay for that so people must make things right it's how to treat how to love our neighbors ourselves. how to treat each other right that's what the law is about how to love God and how to love each other these laws Show we love God when we treat each other right and with mercy and kindness. We don't steal and we don't just let our animals ruin other people's vineyards or pastures, right? Okay. Okay, so I'm sorry. Let's read verse 5 again. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be grazed and lets loose his animal and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. Make it right. Verse 6. If fire breaks out... And catches in thorns so that stacked grain, standing grain, or the field is consumed. He who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. And that means to make it right, you have to pay for it. So if I start a fire, and remember back then, they didn't have all these like hay bales like we have now. They stacked their grain. They did it um, it, with sheaves. You know, we had like the sheaves of wheat. If you remember, like they're circled in the middle and they stand up so that the rain is shed and that the the stalks of grain. You could put them on a, they wouldn't have had tarps back then, but they would have had just on the ground. It would have caught, you know, in in a cleaned area, they would have caught the fallen seed and stuff. Anyway, if you burn somebody else's grain like that, then you have to make it right. If a man delivers to his neighbor money or articles to keep and it is stolen out of the man's house, if the thief is found, he shall pay double. So the thief who stole it has to pay, not the person who is holding it. If the thief is not found, then the master of the house shall be brought to the judges to see whether he has put his hand into his neighbor's goods. So basically, if if I were the master of the home and, and I was holding something for somebody and it was it just ended up stolen, we would, they would have to take me to the judge to make sure I wasn't the one who stole it. And remember, back in the day, and we will have it again when Jesus returns, it says, but the Levites, the house of Aaron would wear um, on the breastplate, and they had the Urim and the Thum in there, and those, they would pray to Yahweh, and Yahweh would basically tell them, yes, the man is guilty, or no, the man is not guilty by the Holy Spirit. And it was kind of like 
casting lots in a way, or but it's just saying, Lord, please show us which one, you know, this is, this is obviously yes, this is obviously no. And so they would reach their hand in the breastplate, by my understanding, and pull whatever. It was out, and yeah, they would reveal to these priests if the man was guilty or not. Verse 9. For any kind of trespass, whether it concerns an ox, a donkey, a sheep, or clothing, or any kind of lost thing which another claims to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the judges, and whomever the judges condemn shall pay double to his neighbor. Okay, these judges, though, were people who were supposed to be following the law of God, not just random jury-selected people picked from the street. These are people who are supposed to have the discerning spirit of God upon them, and they're supposed to be able to say what's right and wrong. And so then they would make whoever stole pay double. If a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey, an ox, a sheep, or an animal to keep, and it dies, is hurt, or driven away, no one seeing it, then an oath of Yahweh shall be between them both, that he has not put his hand into his neighbor's goods, and the owner of it shall accept that, and he shall not make it good. So if, I'm, if I have like a donkey, an ox, or sheep that I'm holding for my neighbor on my pasture, and we don't see what happened, but it's just missing, that's what God is saying there, just you have to let it go. You have to just let that go because n- nobody saw it. Now you do want to point out this word, shivua, shivua, is um, it's the root word is Shabbat seven, and the word oath is the same. I love that that it has that same root word of seven in there, Shavua. And if you get on blueletterbible.com and you go on their website and you click on the verses, you can see the Hebrew. You could actually read the whole verse. Like if you read Hebrew, I can see the whole verse in Hebrew right up above it. But if you don't know what each individual word means. It's really neat because you can click on each word and it shows you the Hebrew word as well. And here, the very first word is shavuot, shavuot. And so the root word is um, shiva, but it, the word oath is tied to the word seven. And seven means completion in Hebrew. It's the number, think about there's seven days in a week. There's seven period of 1,000 years for this earth's history, right? Jesus comes back in the seventh day, the seventh period of 1,000 years, and he's going to reign during the millennial reign. Anyway, it's just a really neat picture because it's basically saying this is complete. This is a completed deal where this is a covenant, unbreakable. It's that perfect number of completion. We're going to complete it to the end. So they didn't break this. They're not going to break this oath. They're not going to lie. It's going to be the truth. Okay. Verse 12. But if in fact it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to the owner of it. If it is torn to pieces by a beast, then he shall bring it as evidence and he shall not make, sorry, and he shall not make good what was torn. The reason being, um, well, because he didn't have anything to do with it. It's like, for example, like if a, if, a wolf came onto my property out here and, and I was pasturing some of my neighbor's cows and it tore those cows. I'm not responsible. I'm sorry if I'm being too menial with this, but I'm trying to break down these laws in ways that other people have misunderstood when they're reading it because of the language and because sometimes we just don't function like this in America and how to get back to God's ways. So I'm trying to help them understand some of what this really means. So I apologize if you feel in any way I'm talking down to you. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to make it more explanatory. More understandable, I should say. Okay, so verse 14. And if a man borrows anything from his neighbor and it becomes injured or dies, the owner of it not being with it, he shall surely make it good. So if I borrow my neighbor's ox, or in today's world, let's say I borrow my neighbor's hammer, and I break it, I have to buy him a new hammer, right? 
He wasn't with it. He didn't come for hire. I was using his implement, his tool. I have to make it right. Or if his cow died while plow, you know, the oxen died while treading out my grain, then I would have to buy him an oxen. If its owner was with it, he shall not make it good. It was, it, if it was hired, it came for its hire. So if I hire somebody and they come with their skid steer, for example, to dig some post holes on my property and they break their machine, their machine breaks while they're here. I'm not responsible because they're here and I was hiring them to do the job. If I was hiring somebody and they broke their hammer, I'm not responsible for that hammer. They are. Hope that makes sense. This is a big one for America. Please listen. <laughs> if a man entices a virgin who is not betrothed, that means she's not engaged to somebody, and he lies with her, means they have sex, he shall surely pay the bride price for her to be his wife. So you don't just get to sleep with somebody in God's eyes. You don't just get to sleep around. Because if you do, it was wrong. And then you have to pay the bride price. She's yours. She's your wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money according to the bride price of virgins. So he still has to pay because it was, a, it was wrong. It was injurious what he did to her because he defiled her. And she wouldn't be able, in God's eyes, she's not supposed to be able to be married then again. That's, we're supposed to be a clean and holy people. And it might be hard to understand for some of these people nowadays, but it is how it is. And we are not supposed to be just sleeping around with people. Verse 18, you shall not permit a sorceress to live. Now, the word sorceress right here, I'm just going to read it very specifically. Okay, so um, that's the word kasaf. <laughs> Some of you are not going to like this, but that's the same root word of the word for medicine. It's the word pharmakia in Greek, pharmaceuticals, and it's the word kasaf in Hebrew. Now, Back in the day, this would have been natural medicine conjured up concoctions of who knows, whatever tincture of herbs. So herbs aren't okay either, people, just because they're here. It's any concoction trying to heal yourself, trying to heal you. Because Paul, when he was struck blind, he went to God and fasted. Why am I struck blind? And you also have on the other side of that, Job. Job hadn't sinned at all. He didn't go to doctors either. He waited and fasted and prayed and was like, Lord, what is going on? And his faith was being tested. You have other examples, Second Kings chapter 1, where Ahaziah falls to the lattice and he goes, sends to Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, literally, Baalzebub, Lord of the Flies, which is, it was the Ammonite god of medicine. So he sends, am I going to live or die? And the Lord says, is there no God in Israel that you inquire of him and not me? Therefore, you're going to die. So we have to remember these people who are conjuring up spells to heal us and they're not telling us to fast and pray and seek God and they're not getting to the root cause. For example, let's say somebody had a heart attack and it was because of anger, right? Because God was judging the anger <laughs> so they didn't make it right, right? What are we told to do in the book of James? In the book of James, we're told to go to the elders and confess our sin and, and be anointed with oil and be prayed for, right? And if we've sinned, we'll be forgiven. People forget that our sicknesses are often linked to sin. For example... I know many people who have committed adultery. I'm just talking about women here. Committed adultery or divorced their husband, which is adultery in God's eyes if you marry another and the other person hasn't cheated. Or they're just, um, they teach people lies and they're doing things wrong. They've gotten stricken with breast cancer because they're, they're being a bad mother, so to speak. Um, they're feeding God's people wrong and they are just not nurturing. They're just, spreading lies to the young women that this is okay to be adulterous. This is okay to do improper things. 
And I just know because the Holy Spirit has told me with certain people when they've gotten stricken that that's what it was from. But it also makes sense, right? Like if you're feeding God's people lies and wrong, you're an incorrect teacher of his truth, the breasts are a picture of feeding. And so if, if I just hope that makes sense. This is a very severe, <laughs> this is a very important verse that 99% of all believers and all the world deny and skip. And God specifically says in Revelations, one of the end time sins from which people won't repent is their sorcery, their pharmakia in Greek. It's the word kasaf in Hebrew. If That's a huge one. But remember, nothing touched you that God didn't allow. Nothing. So you need to turn to him and ask, what is he trying to teach you? I will definitely pray for you on that. Those who who understand God's word and the Holy Spirit opens their heart to this, get blessings that are amazing because you start to see lessons and learn lessons and grow in ways that you can't when you're hindering God's ability to work through you by going to man. It's amazing. And no, God did not give all knowledge, right? The knowledge existed and Satan twists it. So not all knowledge is good. The Bible says the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, right? And Satan, it says in the end days, is going to deceive with all lying signs and wonders. So not everything that happens is of God. Moses' miracles were copied by the the magicians of Egypt. Doesn't mean those things were of God, right? So Moses turned the water to blood. The Egyptians turned the water to blood. And just because something works doesn't mean it's of God. Deuteronomy 13 will warn us of that. If something does come to pass or happens or works, God's testing your heart to see if you'll obey his Torah. And right here is one of the hardest verses for most people to obey. I pray that you would have faith to step out because you will see things you've never seen before and you will have God move in your life in ways you've never moved before and you will get cleaner and purer and closer to him. It's, it's just a fact. Let him be the one. Go like Paul, fast. Go like Paul, hit your knees. Go like Job, prostrate yourself before the Lord. Okay, it's a big verse there, but we have to repent of that in the end days. And remember, when the tribulation comes, you won't be able to buy or sell your medicine anyway. So is that the day your faith is going to start? Is that the day your faith is going to start? Let your faith start today. Verse 19, Whoever lies with an animal shall surely be put to death. Okay, that's just disgusting, but a lot of people do it. Um, That's having sex with animals. In whatever capacity, we're not going to go there, but it's gross. Verse 20, he who sacrifices to any God except to Yahweh only, he shall be utterly destroyed. That makes sense. God's a jealous God. Definitely don't go to false altars of, um, who's a little fat guy? (laughs) Buddha, um, any of those other religions, guys. We are not to do it. Don't go to Allah. Any of those things... Everybody has a God, but our God's name is Yahweh, and he is the God of the Torah. In Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is, he is the God <laughs> of the universe, and we are not to worship any other God. Just so you know, Sunday was, the reason they changed the Sunday to, um, the Sabbath to Sunday in 321 AD was because Constantine was a sun worshiper, and Sunday is named after the sun god, the day of the sun god, sun day, day of the sun, and he was a sun worshiper. So please be aware of that if you're continuing to not follow the actual biblical Sabbath, but to do the man-instituted one. Who was that actually instituted for? It was for instituted for soul, the sun god. So just 
be aware of that. And there's a whole bunch of other things that people do that we'll get into, but like Christmas was actually the Feast of Saturnalia for the pagan god Sol again. Um, the, the Egyptians had a similar one that was for Mithra, a pagan god. So just be careful. We can't sacrifice, we can't eat at the table of demons and like, okay, Verse 21, really good one. You shall neither mistreat a stranger, which is a, um, a foreigner, a Gentile. You shall neither a sojourner, somebody who's passing through your land, if that makes sense, nor oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. So if there's somebody who doesn't belong there, and I would say we have to be careful because if we have legitimate, legal immigrants coming to this country, let's treat them right. Don't look down upon them. Verse 22, you shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. That's a huge one because it's hard for the widows to make it, especially back then. But even today, it's hard for a woman to make it on her own. It just is. And that child whose father is not there for them is going to have a tough life. Do not afflict them. Verse 23, if you afflict them in any way and they cry out at all to me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath will become hot, and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. Ooh, God is serious. Take care of the widows, and take care of the orphans, and don't, the fatherless, and don't mistreat them. Because they're, they've already got a hard thing stacked against them. Verse 25. I love this verse. If you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like the money lender to them. You shall not charge him interest. You're not to charge the poor interest. Don't charge interest. If you ever take your neighbor's garment as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. So it's basically saying, if you have the money to help and somebody comes poor to you, you don't hold it over their head like, well, give me your cloak. But that's all they have to stay warm. Don't say like, well, give me your car until you pay me back. No. That's all he has, verse 27. For that's his only covering. It's his garment for his skin. What will he sleep in? And it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear, for I am gracious. If God is gracious to us, we need to be gracious to others. Please, let's pray for that heart. You shall not revile God, nor curse a ruler of your people. Are you liberals listening? Don't curse Trump. And are you conservatives listening? We weren't to curse Obama. We're just not to curse a leader. Now, granted, not all of America is God's people. I'm not saying that. But we're still not to curse these people put in power by God. You shall not delay You shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. So don't hold back. Just be joyful in giving the first of everything that comes to your hand. Likewise, you shall do with your oxen and your sheep. It shall be with its mother seven days. On the eighth day, you shall give it to me. So this is at the temple. We would take those and the Levites would use them for the offerings and the sacrifices. So, but remember, most of the offerings and sacrifices they got to eat. The burnt offerings they didn't get to eat and some of the trespass offerings they didn't get to. But most of the offerings were like dinner with daddy and that's the food to provide for the Levites. So we were to not delay to bring that. And you'll see different stories in the Bible where people did delay and then they got in trouble because the Levites had to go back to work because guess why? They didn't have any food because people weren't bringing what they were supposed to be bringing to provide for them to take care of the temple of God. Now, applying that to even some spiritual applications, just make sure when you get anything, be willing to share, like whether it be money or whatever, it's not the tithe. Well, other than technically the word tithe just means 10th, but it's, it's, it's more of just making sure that 
don't delay. First of all, set aside stuff for God. Honor his kingdom and say, Lord, how do you want me to bless you with this? You gave me, so everything comes from you. How can I help you? How can I honor your name with what you've given me? Okay. And, and, and did you notice on the eighth day? That's a really cool thing because seven days is completion. And then the eighth is the number of eternity in Hebrew. So it starts like eternity. And so here for seven days, the, the, the lamb or whatever was completed. It's completed. It's um, got the colostrum and it's got everything ready to go. And then eighth day, it starts its eternity with its new home. I love that. Verse 31, and you shall be holy men to me. You shall not eat meat torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. Dogs were not looked good upon in Hebrew. <laughs> and um, so if you just found like a dead deer on the road, you're not supposed to eat that as <laughs> God's people. And the word holy is the word kadosh. It means set apart, separate, different. That's pretty awesome. Okay, that was a big chapter. I love learning about God's statutes. And when you become born again. See, these laws didn't save me. I was saved by faith and grace that I was a sinner. But then how are you going to know what to do? God teaches us. He gives us these rules. He goes, I came to save you. I redeemed you already from Egypt. I brought you out. You passed through the sea. You're washed. Now we're going to get married. Here's the ketubah. Here's the agreement. Here's the rules to be my wife. I love it. So let's honor God today in how to, learning how to love him and love each other and not just learn but let's apply it. Like um, the Bible says, not the hearers of the word are justified, of the law are justified, but the doers of the law are justified. Meaning we're counted righteous or we do what's just in God's eyes. Okay. Have a blessed day, everyone.